Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the All Together Now podcast. In this episode, we will discuss white supremacy, we'll discuss its origins, why it's a problem, and how to combat it. I hope you all enjoy this episode, and let's get started. I'm Miranda Santavania. I'm Lucia Rager. And I'm Luke Haas. So you're going to start with the Google definition of white supremacy. It says the belief that white people constitute a superior race and should therefore dominate society, typically to the exclusion or detriment of other racial or ethnic groups, in particular Black or Jewish people. Let's discuss how white supremacy affects our current day society. So obviously it's still affecting our society because in 2020, a study showed that white supremacist groups are responsible for 67% of all um, plots and attacks um, that were terrorist related in the US. So it obviously still is a big factor in the world right now. And that makes them the biggest terrorist threat in the United States currently. Right. Also, like, I feel like things are so much easier for you if you're like a rich white man. Like, I think that's kind of just like the generic way that people like think like they're just like superior overall. I think that's how people are thinking. And they've been made to think like that because the country was founded on slavery. Right. Okay. The next definition is cultural racism, which is when the dominant culture shapes norms, values, beliefs, and standards to advantage white people and oppress people of color. So examples of the examples of this are like Jim Crow laws. So yeah. how has that shaped like American society from that time period to now? Like how do we still see repercussions of that? Okay, so basically all these laws and things that were put in place to try and um, undermine other people because of their background or anything like that is almost still in effect today, but it's almost through laws that they don't directly do it. Like voter suppression is a big one. So there's like certain laws where you have to have like an ID picture to vote and there's other laws like, for example, like during the, co- the pandemic um, in Texas, there was only one drop off box for um, mail in ballots in Harris County, which has like 4 million people in it. But there was other counties that have like maybe like what, 100 people and they also have one. It's not fair or even. And they put that one spot for the drop off box in a rich, white area of town and it's very far away and inaccessible to other people so it's like it still exists to this day through many things so yeah I also think like people use the way that their ancestors thought like for example like I saw this interview and like people were talking about like why they believed in all this racist stuff and They were like, well, my ancestors like hated on black people or my ancestors owned slaves or whatever. And that's why I believe and I believe this way. Like, I think they're just kind of like using it as an excuse to like be be a racist. Exactly. So the next definition is white supremacy culture, which is an artificial historically constructed culture which expresses, justifies, and binds together the United States white supremacy system. Um, It basically emphasizes the idea that white is normal, better, smarter, holier, etc. than people of color. And we just talked about how that all stems from cultural racism that the country was built on. And the umbrella thing for that is like white supremacy. Okay. So the next thing we're going to talk about is the government and its white supremacy ways. So 
this country was founded in 1784. And I know it took a long time to be progressive, but we didn't have a person of color in the president or vice presidency until 2008. So that's 224 years that the country was led by white men. So our country for 224 years was built on the ideas and beliefs of white men, which leads to the white supremacy that it's run on today. Right, like I think if you go on for that long without having a person of color or any different sort of race in office for that long, like the beliefs start to like carry over, like some of them like to each president. So I think when you have like someone new and of color, like you see things changing and it's automatically like considered not a good thing because it's been in this like line for so long that when things start to change, people start to just like be so opposed to it. So I think that's kind of like why they're so, it's, things are just like that now. Mm-hmm. Also like in our government, a lot of presidents and high ranking officials were kind of idolized in a way and they were, they held very racist values. Some of them owned slaves and they're held right now in our society at such high standards. They're honored, there's statues of them, they're praised, but they weren't really great people and they did crazy, terrible things. And not only for just black people, but for Native Americans, for um, Jewish people, many other cultures that they would undermine and they're just idolized in our government and given such honor whenever they're really just not great people yeah like I was just having a conversation with my parents the other day about George Washington because he is like seriously idolized because he was you know first president but he like one of the worst things he did was he used slaves teeth to like fill in the teeth that he lost and Like, that's a guy that we as a country praise. Like, he's on our money. Yeah, like, you learn about that in, like, elementary school. And, like, up until a certain point, like, in the education system, like, I didn't know he was a bad guy until, like, later on in my education. Like, I was raised to learn that, like, he was such a good president. Like, he was, he just started all of these great things, which he really didn't. He was a bad person. Right. And and this feeds into white supremacy because he did a lot of good things for white people, but he Mm -hmm. didn't do any good things for people of color. And so when we're learning about him in school, we're learning through a white person's perspective of the time period. And I think it's crazy how we're taught about slavery so like nonchalantly almost. um, It was like horrific. People were like being raped and like work to the death and we just learned about it like it was just something that happened because it didn't really affect white people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah of course okay um so now we're going to talk about law enforcement um because this has to do with government because for I mean, government praises law enforcement, obviously. I don't think they should because um, law enforcement, the idea is good, obviously. And when I was little, you see law and like you see police and you're like honoring them. And the job should be something that should be honored because it should be done well, but it's not. And the way that it's being done, like, shouldn't be honored. And it is because, again, they do good things for white people. And they protect white people. They don't protect anyone else. They actually sometimes harm other ethnicities, races. But since it's a white-based society, we just ignore that and praise them for the good that they do for white people. Yeah, because, like, our current law enforcement system has really not had much progression and this is since the time when law enforcement was originally made to capture runaway slaves 
because that was the original use of it. And it still hasn't progressed as much as it should um, to the point to where a lot of these same things are still being used in practices that they use to capture runaway slaves. And obviously like neighborhoods of color are overwhelmingly patrolled by police officers. Um, so they like to, some people like to cite that the, the crime rates higher, but low income neighborhoods, primarily of color, are the ones that are patrolled much, much more than let's say a rich white neighborhood. So it's a lot easier for people that are white, definitely rich, wealthy white people to get away with crimes and other things like that. And also like the attacks by police officers on people of color are a lot higher by percentage on black people over any other race. And it's just really sad to see that like we're still using a system that is more about enforcing and punishing than more about rehabilitating and helping. Yeah, and I think the reason that um, that is so high is because like through a police officer's eyes, most of them, they just like, they look at a white person and they're like, oh, they're not doing anything wrong. They're just walking. But when they see a black person, I think they just like automatically think like if they're wearing like a hood that they're up to something bad or they're like dealing drugs or they're trying to kill someone, which sometimes could obviously be the case, but it could be a case for anybody. But just because they're black, I think that's why they're thinking that they're doing something bad. And that's why there are so many attacks towards people of color. Yeah, and what you said about drugs, the big thing that I notice about drugs, because they also, a lot of people like to, to cite in defense of it. Oh, well, drug rates are higher amongst black people than they are amongst white people but I don't really think that they like even stop to think about why that may be the government neglected them for hundreds of years and basically made it to where it was extremely hard for them to get any education any type of even help in general they feel like the government is not helping them to this day still and they still feel neglected and they still are neglected and they have to result to things that maybe they don't even want to, but sometimes like dealing drugs and things are the only way that they feel like they can make money because they can't, some people can't afford college in low income neighborhoods because college has become so expensive. They can't afford healthcare because they can't get a stable job without the college. And they just result to these things, not be, always because they want to, but because they kind of have to. And it's the sad truth of it all that they have to do something like that. But for some people, that's really the only option they have. And it's really sad. Yeah. And I think that the reason that they think that that is their only option is because of the racist ways of like the job industry that people are looking for rich white men to run any sort of company or just any sort of job that you can get. So I think that black people just automatically are thinking that they can't get this job just because they aren't white, which is so sad to think that way because they could have as much potential as any anybody else. Right, and I read an article about how the white supremacy in this country has been forced even into the minds of like people of color where they subconsciously have a feeling that white people are over them which is obviously horrible and not correct. And they can like fight that feeling and they can rise up against it, but it's there because it's been like pushed into society for so long. And I also wanna like um, talk about police response to things. Like in, um, for example, the mass shooting that just happened in the massage parlors was obviously racially motivated. There's a lot of hate against Asians right now. And the police were saying that they that the guy was having a bad day. Like the shooter was just having a bad day and they couldn't figure out um, if it was racially motivated. Whereas like 
if it was a black man who had gone and shot all those people, they would have, like, he probably wouldn't be alive because the police probably would have killed him on sight. And so that's a problem. And it's a problem that they don't seem to care about protecting Asian women Mm -hmm. that were killed. Well, that's been a problem too, definitely. Since the pandemic, there's been a lot of people holding very hateful values because um, there's been some people in our government that have pushed the idea that it's China's fault and people that hold white supremacy values are taking that and using it as a way to justify hurting Asian people of any ethnicity or any um, nationality. It doesn't even matter if they're Japanese, Korean. They're just trying to use that to justify beating or hurting Asian people for that because of COVID. We can talk about white savior complex. And I wanted to bring in some history because I love history. So (laughs) this goes back to imperialism and the Industrial Revolution because when Europe decided they wanted to colonize everyone, they went into Africa and a major um, like drive for them in Africa was converting people to Christianity. Um, and so people, like there was a guy, I forgot his name, literally said that it was the white man's burden that they had to do that, that they had to convert the African natives to Christianity because the Africans living in their own religion that they hold sacred was not safe for the Africans because they thought that their ideas and their ideologies were better. And they thought, since we're Europeans and we industrialized before everyone else, we're smarter and we're better. And so we're gonna come into your area of the world and force you to convert. And we're gonna make ourselves feel good about doing it because we're saving you from yourselves. So that's when the white savior complex kind of started. And then to this day, it happens all the time people go on mission trips to africa and then or asia or somewhere and then come back and are racist to the same people that they're quote helping and this isn't everyone that goes on a mission trip obviously there's some good yeah. people that go on mission trips mission trips are great but if you're gonna go on a mission trip just to take pictures and post on instagram and feel good about right. yourself for helping people just to come back and harass those people in your own country um Right. Like the people who go on mission trips, like the point of a mission trip is to like help those around you and help the less fortunate. But if you're going to like come back and be completely racist to those people, any person of color or different race, I feel like it, it first of all destroys the whole point of the mission trip. And people are definitely using Christianity, especially in today's society, to justify any sort of racism. And also they're saying like, People, I've heard people saying about the Bible and saying that white people are better and because Jesus was white and that's completely untrue because the Bible, the whole entire point of the Bible is that everybody is supposed to be treated equally and with love and doing all of those things completely defeats the purpose. Yeah. I also want to point out um, that I think Jesus's image is a huge racial thing because Jesus was Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. He was not white. He would not even oh. <laughs> no I know no you're good. But see people think that because yeah our society has pushed that into our brains. And even if you're not Catholic, like Catholicism is one of the major religions in the world. And like Jesus is pushed into society. And Jesus, to everyone's knowledge, is a white man because he's the Lord and Savior. So how could he not be white? Because white people are so great. So even that, like, it trickles down into that stuff. Yeah. And I think that the Bible, like, people, like, throughout history have used that to commit terrible acts, mass genocides and things, like the Crusades. That was terrible and 
it was the Bible was used as a just a just a uh, justifiable reason to them to do it. And same with things like, for example, Christopher Columbus when he went, he set up a lot of missions through the Catholic Church, as well, and he forced them to convert and murdered and raped many of them as well and justified that as oh well I converted them so it's okay and so many like people are still using that as an excuse so Native Americans were forcedly were forced to convert people in Africa were forced to convert it's an issue and it's been an issue yeah um this like evangelical white savior move has been used for like thousands of years almost just to justify forcing to convert someone murder even torture rape all types of things and so that like white savior complex is rooted in the idea that the white people know better than everyone else Mm -hmm. and I am a white Catholic and as a white Catholic I think that from my I don't know 11 plus years of going to Catholic school what I've learned is the point of Catholicism is love and acceptance and that's not how people seem to treat it and so I know I feel like people people are just using the Bible now to just justify it to like what their certain beliefs are which is fine if you're doing it the correct way but if you're trying to give like your certain race like a superiority complex and just like put yourself above everyone that's not how it's supposed to work and I think that's what they're using it for instead of basing it off of equality itself so yeah and there's a difference between like spreading the word of God and forcing the word of God like spreading the word of God is through actions and like showing your love for people because the word of God literally is like love. And mm-hmm. so you're supposed to love God, but you're supposed to love God, but you're supposed to love people. <laughs> like God loves people if you're Catholic and you're supposed to welcome them into God's love, even if they're not Catholic, even if they don't believe in God. And when you go and you say, like, I'm going to kill you if you don't convert to Catholicism, that's not that's exactly. the purpose of Catholicism. Right. Like, it's I, so sad, too, how many actual Catholics don't, they miss the entire point of their own religion. It's really sad because a lot of them, too, that totally misrepresent their own religion and don't even understand how they're supposed to be representing it and they're using a lot of hate to justify what they say and but god would never want that and jesus would never want that because jesus never hated or did any of that stuff people of different religions he would still help it it didn't matter to him but other people are trying to use things to justify like things like religion obviously race sexuality all types of things they like use the bible to hate and say it's okay because the bible says something in there right and now it kind of like shines a like a bad light on anybody who's Mm -hmm. a catholic a christian or like believes in god because now it just seems like oh you're a christian so you don't think everybody should be treated with equality and respect and that's not what me as a christian thinks at all and none of y'all either and it's like so sad that like my religion has become this thing when I tell people I'm Catholic they think I'm homophobic and racist and I'm like no and I am a strong Catholic and I am not those things so Mm -hmm. yeah of course okay so now we're going to talk about domestic terrorism and I'll start off with the capital riots so the Capitol riots were done by majority white men. And also a lot of them were wearing the six million wasn't enough sweatshirts, which is, if you don't know, six million Jews were killed in the Holocaust. So that's what that is. Um, And that's just ridiculously disturbing. And there's 
a lot of neo-Nazi groups in America right now. There's a lot of domestic terrorism groups in America. That was a huge act of domestic terrorism. And it wasn't shut down because it was majority white. If it had been majority black, the story would have been a massacre on the rioters. And we all know that, so. Yeah, so obviously, like I said, um, the Capitol riots have been directly linked to the group, the Proud Boys. So the Proud Boys were founded in 2015. They're a far-right, anti-Semitic, neo-fascist, and white nationalist organization, and they're active in the U.S. and Canada. So, obviously, they're a men-only organization, um, and Canada actually has declared them a terrorist group. Um, The U.S. has not. Um, They openly describe themselves as anti-Semitic, Islamophobic, transphobic, and misogynistic. Um, they have also been linked directly, like I said, to the Capitol riot. Um, and they have been also linked to hundreds of other domestic terrorism cases. Um, and in the U.S., they're only declared an extremist group. They ha- didn't actually label them as a terrorist group. Um, and many politicians have actually it kind of just not taken the opportunity to denounce the group when they're obviously a threat to peace and order in our country, um, they have said things almost like telling them to stay united with them and almost like just pushing all these ideas that are very harmful and supporting a group like this is obviously a terrorist threat to our country. So... There haven't been um, attacks from ISIS or Al-Qaeda or any of the like Middle Eastern terrorist groups in a while in the US um, that are like known. And so, um, but the violence in the US ha- is still like extremely clear. There's mass shootings all the time, even in the global pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the capital riots, there's these white supremacist groups that are just like growing and having rallies and stuff. And so like people are still dying a lot and like that's not the fault of some like external thing. It's very much like a United States of America problem. And the thing is the problem is mostly fueled by white people. And I hate to say that because I hate to be like all white people are bad, but everything that happened, most things that happen on like a big scale are from white groups. And so that's why it's not being addressed. Yeah, so like I said already, um, white supremacist (laughs) groups are responsible for 67% of all terrorist plots and attacks in the US. So that makes them by far the biggest threat to peace right now. And these groups Overall, a lot of them aren't even being labeled a terrorist threat, which is a little bit odd because there's direct links to them in very much almost all of the cases. So why are they not being labeled that way? Yeah, and also with the Capitol rioting, um, there was no use of tear gas or smoke grenades until like, at least if there was, it was like way later on after the entire thing had been like, destroyed and there was this whole mess but with the black lives matter movement even like peaceful protests like things were like weaponry or weapons were used like immediately towards something that was like actually like a good cause and like fighting for equality whereas this whole capital riot filled with mostly white people i hate to say it but they like just let it slide which is completely unacceptable and it was super harmful to anybody who was associated with that building exactly so obviously a lot of this stuff stems from one of the biggest in at one point one of the biggest and one of the most well-known overall um white supremacist groups in the u.s and that's obviously the kkk um they were founded in 1865 
So this was right after the Civil War, and it was made to target mostly southern states. And at first, the goal was to wage imitation and violence towards all Republicans, because this was a time when the Republicans were more liberal and the Democrats were more conservative. This is before the party switch. Um, so all Republicans who supported political and economic equality for Black Americans. So that was the original goal. So obviously, when they first started, there wasn't as much um, momentum at, right at first. But um, in the early 20th century, most violence was targeted towards immigrants, African-Americans, Catholics, and Jews. So when they really got to their height was during the civil rights movement. Um, and this also led to a surge in bombings and uh, in overall uh, in bombings related to the group. So um, black schools and churches were targeted for these bombings. And on top of that, um, Jewish temples and uh, Catholic churches were also targeted. Um, at its peak in 1920, they had 4 million members. So it was a huge and big group. It had a lot of power and a lot of people. Um, but currently, the estimation is very small. It's somewhere between 2,500 and 10,000 members at this current time. And that number is only declining, which is good. But it's still is such a big part of history because they were related to so many attacks and hateful crimes all over the US. And it was thousands of people that were affected by them. Yeah. And even though like their power is going down, their like ideas have definitely like manifested themselves and like groups like the Proud Boys whose power is going up recently. So yeah. <laughs> Also, I didn't include this, but the Proud Boys, there's really no estimation for the members. They don't even know how big it could be or how small. And that's another reason why it's such a big threat is because they don't really know how to even find a way to gauge the size of it because there's no official membership. Right. So it's hard to gauge the size. So that's also another scary thing. And that's like the difference between the KKK and the Proud Boys because the KKK was founded, started out in a time pre-social media. And the Proud Boys is like succeeding right now in a time like in the middle of social media. And so they're able to get countless amounts of people just because someone could just read a post and be like, yeah. oh, I agree, this makes sense. Mm -hmm. and exactly. a huge, yeah, a huge platform for them is, is Facebook. Like they, they're using that to like spread so much misinformation and hate and then when things that they post will get like taken down and stuff they say that um their voices are being silenced because uh social media companies favor um liberals and leftists and socialists and all this crazy stuff when that's just not true they're taking down stuff that's either very hateful or very incorrect um and misleading and a lot of that has sparked a lot of attention because a lot of people are saying that their voices are being silenced by the media or by social media platforms but they're posting extremely hateful and very incorrect stuff that could mislead people and another one a huge one is QAnon which is like a theory and there's a lot of like racism also stemmed into it um, and that's being spread like crazy over the media as well. Right. Okay. So we're gonna get into colorblindness. So the idea of colorblindness essentially kind of defeats the purpose of like anti-racism because, and I like talked about this in one of my other podcasts, but it's basically saying for me to accept you and respect you, I need to not be able to see your color. Mm -hmm. I need to like not recognize that you're different from me for me to be able to accept you, which is just completely off. It also disregards everything that that person's been through because of the color of their skin. Yeah. 
So, and it supports the idea that you have to be white to be treated as equal to a white person. Mm -hmm. Basically, that's obviously like a ginormous issue because you're not supposed to just not see the differences. You're supposed to see the differences and accept them for those differences. You're not just supposed to ignore everything about them and just act like it's not there. You need to recognize that it's there and really just going into it with that attitude is a problem because you, why do you even have to like bring up that everybody is like these, it it just doesn't make sense. I don't, I don't really know how to say it, but like, it's just like, you're supposed to like talk with people and like acknowledge their hardships and their traits and all of that. And you're supposed to be kind and accepting and indifferent for no reason. Like, just because you're supposed to. You don't just want to ignore all those things. That It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like, recognize their skin color. Like, recognize what they've been through. Like, because of their skin color, like, throughout time. And just, like, treat them with respect. Like, they're still people. Like, you don't have to ignore their skin color to interact with them and treat them as an equal. Like, just because they aren't white or they're not... Like, you're not supposed to be, like, superior to someone else just because of your skin color. And if you have to just, like, disregard their skin color as a whole, just yeah, to, like... problem. Like, yeah. why, do you even, why do you even have to disregard that? It shouldn't yeah. be anything to disregard. You shouldn't have, like... Uh, it's like saying, if I see that you're Black, then I can't respect you. Exactly. That's an yeah. issue. Like, you can very clearly see that you are Black. Yeah. <laughs> like... Okay, we're going to talk about this quote. It's from Kiana Yamada Taylor, who's a professor of African American studies at Princeton. So it's, it is not a hyperbole to say that white supremacy is resting at the heart of American politics. Yeah, I'd say, well, that's very true, obviously. I mean, it's been that way since it was founded. American politics have been filled with white supremacy and racism. And really, it's kind of, like, stayed that way. Obviously, it's not to the extremes. It was at some points. Like, obviously, slavery is no longer a debate. Um, It's just there in ways that are almost hidden to where you really have to look into it to really see it. So a lot of people will just ignore a lot of it. But you see some of the things people say and what they've done in their life. And it's kind of odd because a lot of the times it's ignored and like just not talked about when there's just very obvious evidence supporting the fact that there's white supremacy, racism, and a lot of very big political figures on both parties in our government. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, yeah, it's because people, I mean, I'm guessing, like, we already said this, but, like, people who, like, people in the government, as you said before, it was, like, 224 years until there was, like, a person of color, people are kind of just, like, built to think that they are better than everybody else, like, the white people, like, the white race as a whole is better than everybody else, and I think that's why it's like a whole thing in American politics. I think that's why it's such a huge deal. It's because people are kind of like built to think that way in some points. And I mean, it's not right, but it's just like how they think and they don't want to like budge or think another way because if they're white and the people that they're like idolizing are white, that means that they're higher than everybody else. And I guess it's like, they want to be higher than everybody else too, so. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have two more things to do. We're going to go over these four myths of white supremacy that allow it to continue that I got from Forbes. And then we're going to talk about things we can do to combat white supremacy in our daily teenage lives. Four myths about white supremacy that allow it to continue. One, it's always intentional. Okay, so why is that myth not true? Well, because people will like 
hear these things from their parents or they'll hear them from maybe a figure they look up to and they don't even like realize what they're saying and they don't even realize like how hateful it can be and a lot of the times also relating to like church the churches and like religion like people are just saying these things and they say well my my bible my scripture my whatever says that's what it is so it's okay for me to just go around saying all this and that goes for a lot of things really any problem related to social issues it's just very like okay so what was I saying? well yeah they don't always intend to say all those hateful things but they just don't realize kind of what they're doing and like the kind of hate that they're causing yeah and that allows it to continue because it's like people don't realize when they're like how how would that be how would white supremacy be a verb i don't know they don't realize when they're like acting like a white supremacist and so they just don't even check themselves they don't like check other people um because they expect it to be like blatant you know like how you said with like figures like that people like figures that people like look up to like they'll hear one thing that maybe they like agree with in some sort of way and then they'll like support the person as a whole and they like forget about all this other stuff they've said and they like disregard it so I think that's like how things start they like support one like tiny thing and like forget the rest yeah that's a big issue for a lot of people like they'll support politicians over like a very like one thing mm-hmm. but then all of the other things that are terrible and lead to a lot of problems like they just kind of just don't even like care about and that's also mm-hmm. kind of like they're not intending to like support these values all the way but they still are yeah okay number two it's only upheld by white people we talked well, about this earlier. Yeah, we talked about how, like, they hear it so much and, like, they yeah. start to believe things, too. So, yeah, some people do that are, like, people of color. Sometimes they'll kind of fall into it, not exactly in a way that they think it's okay, but they do believe that because of the way society's been built, white people have an actual supremacy over them Mm -hmm. and that's obviously a problem but they probably don't want to believe it but in our society like the way it's like all laid out is that supremacy is given to white people and it's a problem so they don't want to like a lot of the times probably not want to hold these things or feel this way but they feel like they've been let down so much to where they don't know what to believe yeah mm-hmm. and this like allows it to continue because instead of addressing the systematic problem of white supremacy people go and address like specific instances of white supremacy which mm-hmm. obviously you have to do that but also like you have to recognize that it's like fed into everyone so yeah yeah like speak out on it like as a whole yeah. just not like certain things exactly okay number three is that it's not common um it definitely is especially like just in like things that you see like every day like on the news like the Capitol riot like compared to like the black lives matter like riots which we already kind of talked about but i mean it just happens every day like with like police attacks and just like just kind of like letting white people just like not do whatever they want because some people like to get in trouble with the law but just like I don't know how to explain it, but think that Black people are the ones who are, like, majorly, like, in the wrong, and just, like, always having that in the back, like, in the back of your mind, just, like, thinking that they are the ones who are causing the problems and not the white people. Yeah, exactly, and, like, also, like, just, like, you can, like, open up, like, any social media app, anything at all, and you'll probably, if you look enough, find somebody saying totally hateful things and falling and 
following these white supremacist ideas. So it's literally everywhere. You can see it everywhere. It's really hard to like avoid. Like, at, you can like go to school and you'll see someone talking and like saying really hateful things, sometimes even using like racial slurs. And like it's really everywhere and it's kind of unavoidable to not see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it like allows it to continue because people don't see it as like as big of a problem. And so they're just thinking like, it's not that big of a deal, it'll stop. Yeah. Okay, number four is it disappears with new leadership. This is very, what's, it, what's the word? Um, important right now, because we just got a shift of leadership. Yes. So um, obviously there's a difference between having a white supremacist as the president of the United States and not having a white supremacist as the president of the United States. But yeah. even then, better than awful is still not good. And like, it's still really, really bad. Like we, we talked about the mass shooting that just happened. That was white supremacy. We have the Proud Boys are still very active. The KKK, while it's not as powerful, is still like active. Like it's still super, super a major part of our society whether we have one of white supremacists in office or not. Exactly. I think some people were accepting, uh, expecting some kind of like crazy automatic shift right when we get a new president, but that's just not how it works. Like the people have to also be a part of it. Like change in leadership doesn't automatically make it go away. I mean, obviously, it may be a little bit better, but there's still a lot to do and a lot to change. Yeah, like, the majority of the people have to want a change. And if, like, a lot of people, like, aren't kind of striving for the same goal, like, it's just going to cause, like, clash. Like, obviously, one president to the next, like, it's a little bit better. But, like, even after you've seen, like, the new president be elected like people are still so angry about that and that was like months ago and they like they're still affected by it so our country is like very divided right now which makes it a lot harder for like that change to really happen definitely with a lot of people still holding a lot of these values like a lot of people in our country and they're only getting more and more divided as we go and more people becoming violent and more angry than like ever before, it creates like a huge problem and it's making it a lot harder for change to ever happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the like environment of the country is like, it has more to do with like the people living in the country than the president. And yeah. so like the people living in the country didn't change when Joe Biden came in office like it's still the same issues so um yeah and this this is a problem because people have stopped fighting as hard as they were like before Joe Biden was president now that he is president like people are definitely still fighting against racism but it's people feel like Joe Biden's just gonna take care of it which he's not no president is just gonna take care of racism Yeah. yeah so yeah okay um Time to talk about what we can do to change it. Don't leave the call, but in four minutes, we're going to run out of time again, and you're going to join the same link again, okay? Okay. Okay, Miranda. If we, if we don't finish talking before then. Okay. Okay, so what can we do to change it? Obviously, it's super important to check yourself and others. You need to, like, call people out in a respectful way, obviously. Um, and you need to have the hard conversations with people to let them know about white supremacy. Yeah, I feel like me, like individually, and I'm sure both you too, like I use social media as my like main platform to like repost things that I think are super important to fight against racism. But also I have people like swiping up and like saying really like bad and controversial things that I do not agree with at all. Like saying like someone the other day just like slid into my DMs and told me they were like, yeah, like 
all Mexicans are rapists, like crazy stuff like that. And I was like having to tell them like, that's not okay. And like giving them evidence as to why that's not true. And I think it's super important to like use your platform. Uh, No matter like how many followers you have, you could still like influence someone's views a little bit. Like don't push it onto them, but like explain to them why it's super important. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I've gotten like, I've gotten a lot of people that have gotten really angry with me before and like said some like interesting things for a lot of reasons. Um, But yeah, like using like the platform that you have, even if it's small, is like very important and it can help hopefully at least change somebody in to believing or not believing these crazy values, I guess. Um, that are just kind of sometimes even pushed on them and like I think also like it needs to happen to where people need to like be given the opportunity almost to think more freely because a lot of the times you think these things are pushed by their parents or someone a big figure in their life um, or their church their school they need to like make sure that they're given the opportunity to fully and freely think on their own yeah and um i think it's important to always like give people evidence if you're in an argument with someone just to like let them know that like you're not making it up and that it is actually an issue um and to like always just know how to be a good person in an argument like it's important to listen to people and hear people out and then even obviously you're probably not going to agree in a political argument but like it's important to let them know that it's a two-sided conversation and then to be respectful and to like yeah. give your mm-hmm. information of course and it's important to not be the one that lashes out yeah exactly yeah like you don't want to be the one that lashes out you want to be the one that's calm and really it almost makes a point in itself that you stayed calm and refrain from using terrible like slurs terrible yeah. language yeah you are the one that with the respect for their values and if they can't respect yours at least you know there's really no point in arguing okay i hope you all enjoyed that big thank you to lucas and lucia rager for coming on and sharing their thoughts i will see you all next time mm-hmm.